Hi there. Uh, welcome to or welcome back to the Shift Control Podcast. My name is Paul McAnallen. Um, thanks for joining me. Um, this episode number 19 is a conversation with Laura Hardacre. Laura is the proprietor of the Hardy Baker, which is a, a beautiful, um, just a great little uh, coffee shop and bakery in Donegal in the seaside town of Bundoran. Um, this podcast is somewhat of a departure from other podcasts, but it really cuts to the essence of, of running your own business and, and setting up um, setting up on your own, a change of um, career. Um, but ultimately, Laura follows her passion in cooking and um, talks about attention to detail, talks about the importance of brand, talks about the importance of customer service, importance of customer service. And it really does um, cut to the heart of... Um, a good business practice. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. Without further ado, um, here we go. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. How are you? Good. Thank you. Um, so for those people listening, can you give a little bit of background about um, who you are, what you're doing and where you are right now? Um, yeah, I can. Yeah, thanks very much for inviting me on. Um, so my name is Laura Hardacre. Uh, I live in Bundoran, which is a seaside town in the south, southerly tip of Donegal. Um, and I run a cafe called Hardy Baker. So I own and run and work in the in the cafe, and we serve breakfast and lunch. And there is a there is a focus on home baking. So that's always been my my interest. So I've managed to to bring that along. Uh, we're open about eleven, yeah, exactly eleven months now. So we're coming up on a year. So um, I am happy with how it's going. Good. <laughs> Um, shall we shall we get the elephant in the room out of the way? Shall we talk about Bundoran first of all? Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and I this is this is kind of a reference to uh, a little chat we had before um, we went on air. But uh, so Bundoran is um, uh, well. If I read out that lonely planet um, description, which yeah. describes it: um, blinking amusement arcades, hurdy gurdy fairground rides, fast food diners give Bundoran the feel of a tacky beach town. But Donegal's best-known seaside resort has reliable waves, attracts a mixed crowd of young families, pensioners and surfers. Outside of summer, the carnival atmosphere based in the town can be bleak. So it's like three sentences that probably, um, well, it describes Bundoran in a fashion. How do you see it? Um, I, okay, so I've, the cafe, as I said, has been open for almost a year. Um, I moved to Bundoran only in August of 2015. So I'm originally from Limerick and then I was living in Dublin for a long time, well, for almost 10 years between my third level education and my first career. And then met my now fiancé and he was originally from here. So that's why I moved up. But if you'd asked me five years ago, did I ever see myself living in Donegal? If, <laughs> or specifically Bundoran, I would have said, actually, you know, why would I, you know? Yeah. Well, how would that ever happen? Um, but I hadn't even been to Donegal um, until about five years ago. So that description, I mean, I can, I can absolutely see where it's coming from. Um, the main street of Bundoran, it's a really long street, and it's mainly populated with um, amusement arcades. And another real draw in Bundoran is um, country music. So I don't know if you know, there was even a programme called Stetsons and Stilettos recently on RT1. Yeah. And Bundoran got an episode of its own 
Okay. Um, okay, so a bit of disclosure here. Um, I'm from the Moy, and uh, it uh, is, has been featured several times in Keeping Our Country, which is a BBC, right. BBC programme dedicated to the same uh, mm. style of music. So I kind of, um, I'm in that space, to, for want of a better <laughs> phrase. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you've got the Amusement Arcades, which attracts um, family. A lot of families have mobile homes here. There's a lot of um, caravan parks and people spend the, the summers there. And I don't know what they do for the whole summer apart from, yeah, this beautiful beaches though as well. I mean, then you get, you know, you get away from the, the what should I say, the carnival atmosphere and the um, amusement arcades and you have absolutely stunning beaches. There is a, I'm so lucky, like with where I live, there's two minutes up the road, um, start the, I get the start of the Rogi cliff walk, um, which has some of the most amazing views and it would rival near the cliffs and more. Okay, it's not, it's not as high or anything, but, and then Tullin Strand, it's the main beach, and on any given day, doesn't matter if it's summer or winter, you would see, you know, tens, and then in the summer, hundreds of people in the water with um, surfboards. So one of the main draws of Up on Doreen is definitely surfing. And as that the Lonely Plan description says as well, the, the year-round waves, um, which draws, yeah, as it says, an extreme... Uh, well, a mix of people from yeah from every walk of life. So you have people who've been coming here all their lives because it's it, when you're driving into Bundoran, there's a sign that says Ireland's premier seaside resort, um, which I always find kind of amusing. <laughs> but it was all you know it, you'd see pictures of Bundoran from a hundred years ago, and it was really um, really beautiful. And yeah, people did come here from all over it was probably even a bit more dare I say like upmarket than it is now in terms of the people that it attracted um and during the summer but it was I mean it, it still is but from what I understand from locals and people who have lived here it has it has really it's taken a hit like since the recession um in terms of how busy it can be but like Last summer, okay, it was my first high season here, living here. Um, you can't move down the street like for all the people and the cars and everything. So I think it's it's maybe on the up again. Yeah, it's um, you know, to give balance to that lonely planet description of Pandoran, the National Geographic Traveler magazine has voted you know Donegal, um, seventeen for two thousand seventeen coolest ahead of some really really incredible places in South America. Yeah. And Bondorn itself has got um, an incredible reputation for surfing. There are five ISA-approved surf schools. It was voted one of the top 20 surf towns in the world. But you've also got those music festivals. There's other fishing, walking, there's golf, there's you know spa treatments. You've got equestrian activities. You're really close to Sligo. Um, mm-hmm. Mullet Moor is only about nine kilometres away. So like, Bondorn has a lot going for itself and, and maybe... The, the the rejuvenation of the west coast of Ireland through the promotion of the Wild Atlantic Way may help in some way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that Bundoran would be, well, any town in Donegal, but Bundoran would be silly not to take advantage of those, you know, the kind of opportunities that that kind of publicity um, can bring to a town that's trying to, as you say, rejuvenate or revive itself or... Um, 
the wide Atlantic Way is is huge. And I mean, it's not as if it's not as if they built anything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when the yeah. when the wide Atlantic Way was conceived, it was it was conceived as a as a tourist trail. So they didn't they didn't just um, magic these beautiful um, walks and vistas and all of that out of the air like it was something that was always here but it's just the way it's been marketed um yeah. and it's fantastic like in terms of what it's done for for the west so what about your what about your business the um the hardy baker what's the story there um i had never considered um ever really that i would own my own food business always loved cooking and baking like from when I was about six or seven years old I always baked um and then cooking I suppose came a bit later um but in as a young you know in school I was very academic the cooking and baking then was always just a pastime but I also you know I played piano and um I sang as well so there was all that creativity was kind of on the side but never considered as a as a career because of the academia was quite strong that I was maybe expected to go into something like um, you know medicine or law or whatever and I did yeah. very well in the leaving cert and I studied psychology and music in Trinity um, and yeah I mean as far as the cooking and baking is concerned like there was always something that I did I loved doing it for other people um if I had the opportunity to give homies treats as gifts or if I was hosting dinner parties, that's when I would always have been happiest. And I look back now that I, I can I can see that, but um never ever considered it as, as a career. So after my after my undergrad degree I did a postgrad in marketing practice in Smurfit Business School. And that was very much, it was focused on, mar- on market research, but we learned um, lots of, you know, in terms of branding and all of that kind of thing. So that that would have helped at a later stage when I was developing the concept for the business. Um, so then I went into a job in market research after that for a bank in Dublin, and I was, I was doing fine, you know, and I was enjoying it not never hating my job but I suppose it wasn't extremely fulfilling um and then like you know it was it was nine to five so it was when I think back now it was pretty easy compared to what I'm doing at the moment when you know running my own business the nine to five just doesn't exist but it is more uh rewarding and fulfilling definitely to be doing something that you really love and um Okay, yeah, trying to make money, from it. <laughs> but and working hard and realizing that you're you've created something that people are enjoying, like you're making people happy, and that's I think that's something else. Just about my own personality, I've always enjoyed making people happy and pleasing people and putting them before myself. <laughs> so whether that's a good trait to have, then in terms of being a business person, I'm not sure, but in terms of what I actually physically do and the service that I'm providing that's something that that's the end game really well, it's certainly important in the, in the service industry but it's probably not, yeah. it's not a sustainable business model you probably need to no. get some balance in there but the, the reason that um, 
when I when I was in Bundor, and I, I would be familiar with with Donegal. I spent recently. I've spent a lot of time there, and um, the Wild Atlantic Way is, as you said, it's just a marketer's dream joining the dots of mm-hmm. nature across the west coast of Ireland. But Donegal itself is just stunning, and I had come through Bundoran, and I probably would see Bundoran exactly as that Lonely Planet guide. Um, mm-hmm. Yet, whenever you come to, um, I, so I was in town, I think about nine o'clock in the morning, driving through to Mullochmore, and I asked somebody in the street, where would you get a coffee? Where would you recommend for a coffee? And the guy was a surfer, and he said without hesitation, they, the place up around the corner, which he was describing at the time, the journey or the directions to the Hardy Baker. And um, the, the cafe, uh, you know, it's very easy to say this without, if you, for those people listening, Obviously, you should go to the cafe. You should go to Bundoran. You should go to Donegal, but you should go to the cafe because it stands out in in the middle of a, a a sort of a seaside town as something entirely different. How would you describe the brand, Laura? What, what I mean, what what has influenced you in in, in creating a cafe like that? Um. Okay. Well, what what I didn't really mention then was how I came from working in a job in market research to to opening my own food business. Um, yeah. When I, I suppose, when I met my partner, and he's originally from around here and was moving back up to go into his own family business. Um, so then, as a couple of years passed, and I said, right, well, if this is going to work, then I'm going to have to make the move to Bundoran. And I suppose panicked slightly, thinking, okay, what am I going to do? You know, in terms of employment opportunities around here, it really is the service industry is the biggest employer. I'm not going to just walk into an office job or anything like that by any stretch. So um, I started to think, right, well, what um, what do I really enjoy doing is cooking and food. And even the food um, thing was probably starting to kick off in Ireland around that time as well. And I was reading, you know, even in the weekends, newspaper magazines about all of the new success stories and what was going on, you know, elsewhere around the country. And I said, I would be reading these and be envious yeah. of these people. So then I suppose that was a wake-up call that this is something that I should do, that I should try and do. And as you say, in Bundoran, um, that's great, you know, to hear that you were directed right right down to Hardy Baker for, for your coffee. But I have, you know, I agree that... Well, I have to say this, but um, I think what I am doing and what the Hardy Baker is providing is different to anything else that you could have gotten in Bundoran previously or, you know, still. Um, so that was a huge gap that I noticed whenever I was up here visiting, you know, before I moved here, obviously. But there was a huge gap for something like, like what Hardy Baker is doing. Um, I was, you know, if I ever had friends up visiting there was nowhere really that you could bring them for lunch or even there's nowhere that you could I found myself driving out to the local to the filling station in Tolland to get um in Tolland's actually neat. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. the filling station to get a cup of coffee, you know, that was that wasn't tar. Um, easy now that easy, but yeah you're right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You might edit that part out. No no carry but, on, carry on. Um so I thought yeah, there's definitely a market for something different. Okay, and having then made that decision that this is what I'm going to try and do, um, I wanted. I decided to do the Ballymaloo cookery course, you know, down in East Cork, Dorina Allen School, so that the three-month certificate course then I did in the summer of 2015. So I just, I left um, 
my job and did that three-month course and that was like I'd say the happiest three months I've ever spent um like Ballymaloo is amazing and it, it instills in you I suppose the importance of okay organic um freshness um making everything from scratch you know and it's just a real respect for food and where it comes from um and we're, you know, we were very lucky as students. I mean, the school is on a hundred acre farm. Um, you're collecting the eggs in the morning from the hens that are roaming around outside. You're going down to the, the glass houses and picking your vegetables and fruit and everything that you need for the day. So um, coming out of that then and in conceiving what I wanted from my own cafe, um, you can't, you couldn't just leave all that behind, you know. You, like what I really wanted to do was something honest um and that's actually where so when then I suppose skipping a few pages here now when I was in touch with some with a girl that I know uh graphic designer asking her would she design a logo for me um and the brief I gave her was you know Basically, the concept that I, you know, the concept that I that I saw and the vision that I saw for the the cafe was the words that I was using were things like fresh and tasty, simple, homemade, um, from scratch, um, natural, and consistent. And then I also told, I also asked her, look, in terms of my personality, you know, I'm not, I, not that I'm not outgoing but I'm just a bit reserved I would be very simple in terms of my likes and tastes and even how I dress and all of that kind of thing so I said that it wouldn't make sense then it would be just in congress if I had a logo that was you know rainbow colors or you know all the bubbles or flowers yeah, <laughs> yeah. so what she came back with I thought was amazing um so that was the first step really to have a logo and she just completely got it. She just understood that the concept that I had briefed her with. So the next thing then having the logo was to try and actually create something that did evoke those values and concepts. Um, and then, so actually the sub, what I have on the window, so I have Harley Baker, the, the logo, and then underneath it I have Honest, Simple, Fresh. Um, so that's what we're constantly striving to do in everything, like not just the food, but the the decor. Um, yeah, everything. And I, yeah, I think that kind of consistency is what's bringing people back. I think that what I what I would have noticed was that it, it was very very distinctive brands. You know. To intent to need for for brand to be effective, it needs to stand out for the right reasons, and it needs to resonate. It needs to have a tone of voice that people, um, you know, can relate to, and that needs to be delivered upon through service and 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 food quality and everything else. And I'm not an aficionado, you know, I'm not a connoisseur, but I know that, you know, it it, it made an impact on me. Uh, you know, seeing that, I know also noticed as well that you were, you got a nomination from the Irish Restaurant Awards as well. Yeah, that was a lovely surprise. Um, we were nominated for Best Newcomer and Best Casual Dining in the yeah the Association of 
yeah, the Restaurant Association of Ireland, the Irish Restaurant Awards. Um, we got those two nominations without even... Um, OK, first of all, I wasn't even aware that they were happening. Okay. <laughs> so that's something that for next year I'll be more aware of because I think you can help yourself really with nominations and things like that. Um, but even better than that we weren't a member of the Restaurant Association of Ireland and we didn't give ourselves any nominations. So that means that we're being recognised, you know, by true customers it's not it's not just because we're paying for something yeah. <laughs> paying for a nomination or or giving ourselves a little push um so that was that was a big boost not just for me and the business but for okay so we got a bit of publicity in the local paper then because i think we were the yeah i think we were the only one in Bundor nominated um and also it, it was a boost even just for the staff you know it was a bit of recognition um yeah that kind of validation is really important you know especially yeah. especially if you if you didn't actually go out of your way to get involved because there are some of those rewards can be predicated on you taking a table on the evening and spending money and all that sort of stuff so yeah and even you know some of the awards are sponsored by the big food suppliers and that's right. because we're because we're small and because we um you know, we're not a hotel that's spending loads of money with, you know, one of the big, with one of those big suppliers then, which I believe because they're sponsoring the certain, because they're sponsoring the awards, it might sway um, the winner then. Like if we're, you know, if I was spending tens of thousands of euro a year with someone, but because we're small and like I said, because we're trying to go for the honest, simple, fresh approach, like I use small scale suppliers, I you know, we have an organic farm in Cliffany that I go to for things like herbs and leaves and vegetables and things like that. And I mean, that, um, you know, I suppose supporting the, the small man as well, because that's what I want people to do. I want people to come back to us. No, <laughs> so absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be aligned with the, the values that I have for the, the brand or the concept wouldn't be aligned if I was to go then to one of those big yeah. suppliers that are probably backed by an American, you know, company. So, um, yeah, I think because we are being true to that as well, people do appreciate it. And um, you can tell, you know. So, um, no, you, the, the, the idea of authenticity is really important in any, uh, you know, any size of brand. And you know that authenticity has to, you know, you know you can't fake that. Evidently, you know it's really, really important that 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 you are authentic on those things. Um, yeah. Otherwise, your brand will fail. Customers aren't stupid, you know. Customers um, will tell, will know whenever you're not being real about the whole thing, you know. Um, just one of one of the things you had mentioned earlier, like there's a, um, you can walk down through Bundorn uh, or drive through Bundorn, and there's a real diversity of a target audience or customer base but mm -hmm. it's, it's incredibly evidently very seasonal how do how you um, deal with the fact that you're probably going to be um, seeing tumbleweeds for two months of the year um, yeah when it well I did down? yeah so how, how do you how do you manage your way through that well yeah we've been open like I was saying just less than a year at this stage so I was trying you know seeing how the first year goes and then we'll we'll know for the second year then what to, what we can expect. So we opened in June, which was right 
before the the big summer season. So we had a great first three months, you know, June, July, August, we were very busy, and which I was delighted with because we didn't do any huge push advertising-wise or anything like that. But in a small town like this, it's word of mouth, really. Um, so we had a great first three months, very busy. I was employing um, at least four full-time staff, and then I had a few part-time as well. Um, and then, yeah, come September, October, there was obviously a huge drop-off in footfall because, yeah, people just don't come to Pundora in the winter. And we have, you know, we had our local trading, but that's fine. But, yeah, I had to cut back on staff and manage, um, like, in terms of ordering, you know, that kind of thing, because it's that wasn't too difficult. But... The biggest thing was, was staff and how do I how do I cut this back without losing them all together? Because I have been lucky with um definitely been lucky with having some good um uh, really good people working with me. Yeah. Yeah. Um but then we had a good Christmas. Um, you know, December was very big. I think with the the focus on the baking as well, you know, I would have had a lot of orders in at Christmas for special cakes and all that so that kept it going through the winter um and then we closed for january altogether and i don't think i lost out on anything by closing because it's bleak really it's bleak <laughs> which i'm yeah. yeah um so i will continue i think to do that to close in, in january and everybody can just have a bit of time then because the reality is summer holidays for me and for the permanent staff that I have just are not, you know, just can't happen because June, July and August, you're just tied to it. It's not, you know, it's not a crime to want to make money. You know, that's what other reason are you in business for? Apart from, okay, like I said, it's lovely to to be making people happy and pleasing people and providing a nice experience, but It'd be stupid to say that if you're in business only for that, like you have to try and make money, and the summertime is when you can do that. Um. So in terms of planning ahead, um, for the down, for the off season, um, I suppose I'll be able to manage that better this year because I'll know to expect it almost to the day, you know, when yeah. it's going to when it's going to drop off, but um. I'm there all the time, so it's it's just a case of managing staffing as well. That's it's the main thing. Any any big lessons from your first year or coming close to your the, the anniversary of setting up business? Anything that you you see as a as a mistake? Anything you you would a mistake you would care to share even, or is there something mm. things you've learnt and um, that you would pass on to people listening to to this podcast, Laura? Um, a huge thing. Well, and I. I'm not sure if this would apply to every business. No, but I'm, you know, it would. I'm sure it's to cost everything. Um, you know, if I'm, we have a smallish menu, and then I was, like I said, there's the home baking, and we sell some bread, home baked breads, and that kind of thing. But cost everything that's on the plate, and make sure that you're charging enough. Um, and what I mean by that is then you have to consider alongside that the hidden costs of running a business. Like people come in and they say, oh my God, why are you charging, you know, one ninety for a cup of tea? Like a tea bag is X amount. I'm like, yes, but 
you're not just paying for the tea bag, like you're paying for the person who's serving you, the the cup, the person who's going to wash your cup, the lights that are on while you're in the room, you know, the power that supplies the hot water, you know, people just, some customers don't understand what's behind um, well, you've got what's to, behind running a food business and I mean, and like I said, it's not just food business, but um, but anyone, no, sorry, any business, but you know, to keep doing your break-even analysis where possible, even like do it every two or three weeks, because it can change. Like especially for me, and for, because it's seasonality, like my break-even is is much different in June than it is in um, November. Um, but yeah, like that's how businesses fail, isn't it? But um, well, for people listening in, like that's that's the level of detail that perhaps, as you say, yeah, those businesses that don't get into that level of detail are the ones that don't make it past the first year. Mm. Yeah, I'm talking about you know if I'm putting a a herb or you know a spray of coriander on something as a garnish, like you have to cost that as well. Yeah. Um, and things like that you wouldn't think of and this Irish Music Rights Organisation, you know, that little direct debit that comes out of your account every month, the pest control, all of that has to be factored in. Like, And staffing is obviously your biggest cost. But if you're asking for, yeah, you're asking for a mistake then as well, I think was probably putting in, okay, obviously I was putting in a lot of work and I still am and that's, that's the joys of being a small business owner um, but not taking any remuneration for myself for at least the first six months and that's just unrealistic like it's um, like I was saying what else why else are you in business like I'm still definitely in terms of salary I wouldn't be making as much as I was making in Dublin but luckily costs of living are much lower um, and I'm lucky to have the business at all because had I stayed in Dublin I don't think there's any way that I could have afforded like I've got a friend now who's looking to to open a place in Dublin and it's just impossible like it's yeah. the startup capital that you'd be looking for to open a place there relative to a small town in the northwest um there's just no comparison but then um the advantage side if you're in Dublin or if you're in a bigger town unless you're doing something really bad you're kind of guaranteed to be busy all year round, you know, but we don't yeah. don't have that here. So you have to be you have to be doing something consistently good to bring people back, even if they're only if they're only coming to the to Bundoran once a year or once every couple of months to know that you have those people coming back, um, and that they're going to recommend you as well. Yeah. So we have to be very conscious of being consistent and you know true to the brand. And look, we're not. At the same time, you know, we're not for everybody. Um, but that's the but that's the thing I was just gonna gonna touch on there because you're talking about, I I can visualize you having to almost justify to some customers like this is why a scone is two fifty and a cup of tea yeah. is one ninety because, <laughs> a, just because everybody else in the main street is giving you away free tea with your egg roll doesn't mean to say that. Mm. So 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 what they're used to is is definitely something that you know your 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 product your service is not something that, that everybody's used to for a start. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, that was a concern of, 
okay, a close friend of mine was up and I was telling him, okay, this is going to be my menu. Um, this is what I'm looking to do. The place is going to look like this. And he said, Laura, this is never going to work. And, you know, it's never going to work somewhere like this. You're aiming for it. You're aiming for too sophisticated a market. And that's not to bring down Bundoran or its clientele or its visitors or anything like that. Um, but it was, I suppose, what I'm trying to do is so different. Like, I don't do a full Irish breakfast or I don't do wraps or paninis because that market is catered for in Bundoran. Um, so I want to do something quite different. Like, I'm lucky enough to have another chef on board with me and when I showed him the menu first of all and I had avocado on one of the breakfast dishes and he said Laura this is not going to work in Monday morning like no no one's going to know what an avocado is and I said well maybe you're not um you know maybe you're not giving Bundoran people credit maybe they just don't know what they could you know don't know what they could be missing out on maybe they do know what they could be missing out on they're just waiting for it so let's just give it a go. And now this avocado dish that we have on breakfast is definitely our most popular brunch menu on the weekends. So maybe it's a bit of education as well. But then, I mean, I had somebody in on Sunday uh, just, what, three days ago looking for two cappuccinos. And a cappuccino is 280. And I mean, I spend a lot on my coffee. I use um, Badger and Dodo. It's a Irish-based roastery they're in Fermoy in Cork and you know I love my coffee and like I said I couldn't really find somewhere to get a really good one in Bundoran so I said right well I'll try and you know I'm going to look for a really good coffee so they're Irish as well which is great they have excellent customer service and you know I could be buying something for about I'd say a quarter of the price that I'm buying and I'm still charging only about the average market price for a cup of coffee, even though even though the product is more expensive for me. But it's quality, really, that I'm looking for. Um, but anyway, this man was in on Sunday. Um, two cappuccinos, so 560, so two each. And he said, but I only have 450. And I said, well, yeah, two, two cappuccinos are 560. <laughs> and he said... Yeah, but I only have four fifty. <laughs> I said, Well I can give you one cappuccino or you might be able to get one cappuccino and a tea. Um, though he wouldn't actually even be able to have one cappuccino and a tea. And he just walked away. And you know, maybe that's another lesson as well, is that you can't please everybody. Which no, I know which, that which, I know which, that you can't please everybody. Uh, but yeah, exactly. There's no, nobody I mean this the, the thing that um that that strikes me is that if if you're that you're evidently you know what you're doing you know what you want to, uh, from the brand you know the level of service that you want to offer you now mm. know how much it costs you need to start I think there's a couple of guys like the I don't know Tim Ferriss and I know Dan Sullivan I think um and maybe Joe Polish who are two podcasters they do brilliant podcasting on business and marketing. And they mm-hmm. talk about the first thing you do is make sure you pay yourself, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, that's another sounds really obvious uh, as, a, as a marketing tip. But a lot of people will, will because they want to get the business off the ground quickly, they think that they can compromise on things. You can't really compromise on too much in your business, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because you're talking about the highest quality um, or, the, the, you know, locally um, 
locally grown, organic quality, this authenticity, it comes at a price. But if a customer yeah. doesn't want it, you know, there's plenty of other places for him to go to in Bundoran, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, this, I didn't know, because <laughs> like I said, I, I've always cooked and I like making everything from scratch. Like in the cafe, we, we make our own jams and relishes and, um, and sell those as well. Um, and I put, you know, significant investment into building a, a kitchen because you need a kitchen if you want to, to cook everything from scratch, which is what we do. But I didn't know until I started looking at different food supplies, how much you can actually buy that you don't even ever need a kitchen and you can open up the cafe. Yeah. <laughs> Just need a couple of microwaves. Yeah. And, you know, that wasn't what I wanted to do. Like, that's, you know, why did I invest in okay doing a bottomly cookery course or um if I wasn't going to be true to what I enjoy doing and what I enjoy eating and drinking as well. Um so where was I? Um Yeah, just yeah, as you say, sorry, just being being true to the values and the authenticity and trying to provide a really quality products we're using quality ingredients and it's all just about having respect for food and <coughs> try you know trying to get people to appreciate that and they definitely do and that's why we have good custom that's why we have good repeat custom and, and that's why yeah you know yeah that's important so you were sent down for, for a good coffee which is great to hear <laughs> No, and haven't haven't gone in there. It doesn't surprise me that they would uh, point me in that direction. Um, you know, it's it's probably very refreshing. I would imagine it's more refreshing um, for the people in Bundoran than they're letting on. You know, um, to have that kind of option. Um, but the idea that you're, you know, uh, the the fundamentals of your business, whether it's the authenticity, it's about quality. It's not about compromising. The idea that you're being respectful for food, I think, is quite a uh, a, a real differentiator from other. Uh, restaurants and food and food offerings in Donegal, never mind just in, in Bundoran. Um, but I'm conscious of, of time. Um, Laura, I wanted to, to, to um, just talk to you about one final question, if that's okay. Mm. Um, so if we were, you know, you know, you, a year is a, is a, is a really is a short time, but it can be a long journey if you're getting, um, if you're finding things hard. You've obviously had a very successful launch and long may that continue so but if we were sitting and say three years from now and having the same conversation what do you think the picture for the hardy baker would look like then three years yeah a lot can happen in three years like as you say this time 11 months ago i don't think we would have yeah i don't know if i would have believed that we would have taken it this far um so yeah a lot can happen in three years i think the next step um, that I would like to do is potentially expand or extend the opening hours to doing some evenings. Um, like I said, we're doing something different in Mandora and that people, yeah, people appreciate it because it's something a bit different than what's already on offer. Um, so no more than the daytime cafe scene, there isn't a whole lot of choice. Um, in the town for eater. I mean, there's plenty of hotels and there's a couple of restaurants, but there's nothing. Yeah, there's. there's I think there's definitely room for another um, nighttime operation. Um, 
because we have it, you know, we have it there. The rent is being paid. The kitchen is kitchen is fully equipped. Um, so that is definitely an ambition that I could be doing. Even even one night a week, we might start out with one night a month, like a supper club type thing, and see how that takes off. Um, we've already actually done two evenings of live music, and they were quite. Um, they were quite a success and, you know, people have been coming and asking when we'll be doing that again. Um, but that is, I don't want to take on too much at the moment, just, you know, personally, I'd like to find a, find another manager type person. Um, maybe that's something else that I can say about being self-employed or, or being a startup business person is it is very hard when you're doing everything yourself. Um, so having another person who, okay, they'll be an employee, but somebody that really shares the, you know, shares the idea for the business in terms of the values and the brand and somebody who actually cares and nobody is ever going to care as much as, as you do as a business owner. It's unfortunate, but... <laughs> an unfortunate truth yeah. nobody is going to um care enough like even my god and even yet yeah, sorry i know i'm kind of going backwards here but um again in terms of lessons and i know i said things like i already said that you can't please everybody but and of course you're going to care so much about the business and so much for pleasing everybody um but try not to take things personally. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, you just you can't. You have to be. You have to be true to yourself and your and your values. But you know, you can't please everybody and don't take it personally. Anyway, that's a little aside. But back to yeah, the future. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So the evening thing, um, would be ideal yeah and because th- even if it's only for the summer because I think there is definitely a market there for it and more than there was uh, a niche there for for what we're doing even at the moment in the cafe and it doesn't have to be too different you know we can probably extend some of our lunch menu for the evening and then add on you know I don't think it would be too difficult but again it's it's really just staffing um there's such a demand for chefs at the moment that um probably not something that we can do immediately but we might try one or two evenings in the summertime this year and see um definitely by in three years time i would like to be able to tell you that i have a mobile hardy baker unit um because bundoran is small but there are plenty of nearby towns villages okay like you mentioned um mullockmore yeah. There's not much in Mullockmore in terms of offerings for for dining, but there's, you know, again, it's very popular for surfing and other water sports like subboarding and things like that. So if if I don't have another outlet, which again is something I would like to be able to tell you in three years that I might have an, you know, I might expand it. <laughs> Hardy Baker franchise, but at least to have a a van or some kind of a mobile catering unit that I'll be able to bring to even festivals or um, private events or 
um, or even just to pitch up at, you know, at, let's say even at the base of uh, Knocknerae or, you know, yeah. um, somewhere where there's where there's footfall of both tourists and, and local people just even to get, to push the brand a little bit further. Um, I would hope as well at that stage that I would manage to get into more national press. I mean, you can just see any any time the Irish Times Weekend magazine has um, has a review or any kind of little mention of a of a food business that all of a sudden it explodes and you see it everywhere. It's in it's in all the magazines. It's, um, it then features in the top one hundred restaurants list or you know and I mean it's yeah I think it's just a case of getting that one leg up that could really be great for us and also I'd like to start a cookbook with it start writing a cookbook which is always something that I wanted to do um but that won't be of any use unless the brand you know it, it won't it won't get anywhere unless at that stage I have the brand more recognised um, nationally. So it's going to be hard. I mean, that's much easier said than done um, because of where we are. You know, I'm quite limited because of I'm in a tiny seaside town. Um, but then I shouldn't be using that as an excuse either. You know, you have to think big. Well, you don't have to, but I am. I am ambitious. <laughs> so. That was very, very, very obvious that you are. I think with Bundoran probably... Um, will will grow to understand the business and love the business, you know. And it's, a, it's probably a, it's probably a um, it's not a cultural change. Bundoran is probably part of Donegal that didn't ever enjoy anything uh, big in the boom time, and then when the recession came, it could hit even harder as some of yeah. those larger production plants for, I think it was a not t- was it Tato? Yeah, I think it was one of the Largo Foods closed down a production facility in Gidor and whatever else. So, mm-hmm. you know, it hasn't benefited um, probably as much as other parts of the island of Ireland. And that said, the um, the Wild Atlantic Way is probably the biggest um, sales opportunity for the county. Yeah. Um, that stretch from Donegal Bay to Sligo um, is a, where they've brought it down into chunks, I think will be uh, a, a t- provide a tremendous opportunity for little um, businesses to thrive and survive, Laura, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think definitely have to take advantage of that. Um, I need, I mean, I know in, for anyone in business as well, the can't underestimate the importance of an online presence as well. Yeah. You know, which is hard when you're, when you're on the ground all day or when you're in the kitchen you're physically oh my god I'm working so hard here um but no one knows that you're in the kitchen or unless you broadcast it um and I can see other businesses are doing it and I know they're doing it better than we are at the moment so that's another thing that we're going to have to focus on improving this um for this season is an online presence on all of the social media outlets and I'm useless at that but um but it's free advertising, and it's amazing the traction that it generates. Um, yeah, it's something you need to work. Every every business need, needs to work at it. But I think um, put it in, in in the context that you've grown a business, you know, so well 
in a short period of time without and it's organic as well yeah I think our growth has been organically I'm sorry not to use that word <laughs> organic <laughs> like my leaves and herbs yeah yeah um yeah. But, okay, so we're reaching a 1,000 likes on Facebook at the moment. But I haven't, you know, I haven't run any competitions um, or, you know, like and share to win this XYZ. But that's something that I can do now and that'll... Um, but, yeah, having reached the almost 1,000 likes and, you know, increasing followers on Instagram and um, by not actually putting a whole lot of effort into it. Yeah, that's kind of encouraging as well. So, you know, if we just concentrate a bit more on on boosting that, um, yeah, it'd be even better for the brand. Try and reach a bit farther. And and you're on so you're on Facebook and Instagram. Are you on Twitter? They, I'm. I have a Twitter profile, but for very. Inactive, okay. unfortunately. I think is is Twitter the main one, maybe. <laughs> no, I think that um, certainly for for the business that you're in, I think it yeah. fits very well for Instagram. I think even the Snapchat. I think live Facebook would be good for it. You know, you've mm-hmm. got. I think um, growing a business today is probably easier um, from a marketing perspective than it ever has been because a lot yeah. of the stuff is not free. It's time and it's effort, but also you, it makes you, you're in control of the content. You're the editor. You are the distribution channel. You are the videographer. You're the, the, the editor. You do whatever you want. And mm-hmm. it's just find, find your, your, the right tone for your brand. Find the right kind of content to put out. Don't be putting the same content across all channels. Try and change it for the different channels and that. But mm-hmm. as, yeah, you, if, you, if you're getting traction already, um, it, it just means that there's such a greater opportunity for you over the next year or two years to grow your business organically mm-hmm. and, and people that um, get yourself onto the those lonely planet TripAdvisor places and start mm-hmm. start getting asking people to to um, refer you because I, it, it's a real it's a real diamond up there I have to say that it's, I mean I I, I think it's um, the the passion that you have for what you do is very evident both in in the the coffee shop or the cafe and when you talk about it and that's very um, important passion can take you a lot further than than um, than a lot of those other things that people talk about you know mm-hmm. well, so, thank you very much <laughs> so well, listen Laura, thank thank you for your time I really um I, I it's been nice talking so thanks for your time good luck with everything I. We'll post this up and direct as many people um, over the next four months to to you as they possibly can. But I um, appreciate you taking time. So uh, thank you. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for having me on.